From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, and we have Dr. Kathy Greenberg uh, on the line, and today's show is about Unlocking Creativity, Habits to Spark Your Creative Genius at Work. And we have Andrew Peck on the line. Uh, he is an author and a consultant in the field of creativity, innovation, and change. And he is the co-creator and uh, developer, developer of Novus, Inc. It's a New York-based consulting and education firm that helps companies stimulate breakthrough ideas in order to grow more rapidly and effectively. Andrew has over 23 years of experience in the areas of strategy, organizational development, marketing, innovation, and he has held various executive and line positions for such companies as Pfizer, Accenture, Mercer Delta Consulting, Aetna Health Insurance, and British Petroleum. He has a new book, which we're going to get him to talk about, which is called Stimulated, Habits to Spark Your Creative Genius at Work, and it's a book that focuses on the successes and habits of innovative people. And Kathy and I, we always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders that provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. Kathy, welcome to the call. Hello. Just want to talk today a little bit about Andrew Peck before we bring him on. I met Andrew uh, when we were working together at Accenture, and he is a terrific, terrific Person and can stimulate not only the mind but the heartbeat of any organization. And as you know, Relly and I like to bring you every ounce of information we can on how to be the best leader you can. And we know that leaders are the heartbeat of an organization. Most leaders, though, really do underestimate just how much influence they have over others. And as a result, they can, in fact, underperform, and then so can their teams. So what we like to do is help you understand how to do just a few things differently, and they can drastically improve your performance and your organizations. What we like to share with you during every one of these shows are how to develop more leaders in your organization, and leadership skills in yourself. We talk about what happy companies know, and we talk about how higher values around performance can increase through happy company philosophies. We talk about emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies, which, as you know, is um, one of the most important uh, things that we talk about on this program. That is a sweet spot for for Rally. And we are going to talk today to Andrew about brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance using his skills in unlocking creativity and innovation. So we're going to talk about that plus many more tools and tips in today's program. And before we bring on Andrew, um, we just want to give you some of the evidence base and, and why are we talking about leadership and leaders so much. Well, we know leaders have anywhere from 50 to 70% influence over the climate of the team. And emotions are contagious. The leader is the emotional thermostat for the team. The key to being a star performer, which we define as someone in the top 10%, typically is emotional intelligence when compared to their IQ and technical expertise. And we also know 
that you can increase performance in your organization by as much as 77% while increasing life satisfaction and professional satisfaction by as much as 50% if you use coaching. So both Kathy and I advocate uh, in the organization to be a top 10% performer to use coaches. Leaders in the top 10% and why we talk about that, we know, produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th through the 89th percentile. And if you have training alone, it'll help uh, your organization and typically around a 22% um, increase. But if you have uh, coaching with it, it'll add about 88%. And we know a few micro-initiatives can create a macro-impact. If you want to get in touch with Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com. For her happiness books, speaking keynotes, uh, leadership, and coaching services. And if you want to get in touch with me, my website is www.truenorthleadership.com for emotional intelligence books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. Thanks, Riley. I am really delighted to have Andrew Peck with us today. He is the author of a brand new book with his co author, Janine McLeod. Habits to Spark the Creative Genius at Work. And as I said, uh, Andrew Peck and I worked uh, together at Accenture. He has a great background, extensive experience in leadership, organization design and development. Um, he has a terrific consulting company called Novus, and you can reach him at www.novusinc.com. That's N-O-V-E-S-I-N-C.com. Andrew has written two books on the subject of innovation. Uh, his first book was called Recipes for Growth and Innovation, 2006, and that provides practical tips to support business innovation teams. And, of course, his new book with Janine McGlade, which just came out, Stimulated Habits to, Park, to Spark Your Creative Genius at Work, is going to be the topic of today's discussion, and we're happy to have you. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be on. So, Andrew, one of the questions that we want to start off with, uh, we like to ask most folks, um, is what are some of your key influences in your life, you know, especially around leadership and creativity? And in a sense, how do you get so interested in all this? Well, um, I don't think my parents would forgive me if I didn't give them some credit. (laughs) So I would say they are my first and foremost influence because they uh, taught me some great values about, uh, you know, really taking initiative, uh, being achievement-oriented, and taking some risks. And, and they really encouraged me to live my life as full as possible through my own expression. So I have to give my parents as uh, one of my key influencers. Uh, secondly, uh, you know, with uh, many different mentors, I couldn't help but uh, give credit to people like Kathy Greenberg, uh, whom I've had the privilege of working with, uh, learning from, uh, I've always responded, I think, very well to people who have been very successful and uh, have been there in the trenches and just watching and observing and working with them side by side. And then thirdly, uh, probably one of the biggest influences is the many men and women that I have been privileged uh, working with in a variety of different industries from retail to uh, energy to banking and finance who have um, really demonstrated an uh, unbelievable amount of creative skill in, uh, in both uh, hard as well as prosperous economic times. So parents, people like Kathy, and um, you know, all the men and women who are out there trying to be creative every day. Oh, well, Andrew, that's very touching. I, I um, am very uh, honored to be among those people who have influenced you in life. Let me ask you, give us some background uh, on your work 
um, on how you've come to work with leaders on innovation and creativity. This is such a sweet spot for people, especially because most people are at work thinking about how to get through the day, let alone how to be creative and innovative during that time. Give us a little background on your work with leaders in that area. Yeah, sure. I mean, these days, you know, creativity and innovation is not uh, a luxury. It's really a, it's a survival skill. In order for organizations and leaders to be uh, more competitive, to grow their uh, organizations at uh, higher rates of uh, growth, and to differentiate themselves so that they can attract uh, the right consumer population or generate new products, they have to innovate. Uh, they have to be more creative, whether they tap into new channels of distribution or come up with new products or new service offerings, they must uh, innovate or, as we like to say, innovate or evaporate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just a, it's a survival skill. So I, I had uh, become particularly interested in, in working with and observing and studying uh, those organizations who are uh, focused on innovating and what were some of the underlying habits, and characteristics, and conditions that they would put in place in order to foster that uh, creative spark uh, in organization necessary to innovate. And so we're going to get more into, you know, you know how you do that, because I think that's kind of what your listeners or our listeners are, are wondering about. Um, so around innovation and leadership, Andrew, what kind of trainings do you do now? And, and you know, is it, is it individuals? Is it groups? Is it both? Is it multi-day? How, do, how does that look? Yeah, sure. It's uh, um, really, it's really twofold find innovation at two levels, at an initiative level and a condition level. Hmm. We help uh, um, teams of people in organizations who aspire to come up with new innovative solutions to meet their customers or or, um, be more competitive. So it may be products or maybe services. But we'll work with uh, teams on a side-by-side basis using various uh, ethnographic and uh, creativity techniques, uh, strategy, com- combine different kinds of disciplines to help teams who have the responsibility to go to market with new solutions. In addition to that, we help build the conditions upon which creativity mm. and innovation is a daily habit, so to speak. So we'll do training seminars, we'll provide coaching services to leadership, anything from one-day programs to four-day intensive kinds of programs in order to build the right mindset as well as the right skill set in order for people to innovate and create on a more regular basis. That's amazing that you transfer those skills to people. I'm, I'm really curious, Andrew. Um, I hear a lot of um, passion in your voice for the word creativity and innovation. What are some of the key challenges that you see today for leaders having that same passion uh, for being innovative and creative? Yeah, first of all, the, the, uh, one of the things that uh, I've observed is the willingness to uh, create. As you said earlier, Kathy, that people are so kind of overwhelmed by, you know, the nature of the work that they have to do day in, day out, whether it's, you know, 200 emails a day or voicemails or meetings and, or budgets, whatever they have to do that they have to accomplish, it, it, find, it feels like for many creativity is just uh, a nice to do. So one of the biggest challenges is to make uh, creativity and innovation a priority. It's something that you should do on a daily basis. Build it into the repertoire of how you approach challenges or problems 
for opportunities. That's, that's a really key uh, thing. The other challenge is the willingness to encourage people to take risks. So many organizations, because they've been so successful, uh, uh, at some point are more invested in the status quo than uh, producing new changes. So getting an organization, particularly those that have been very successful, to change and risk uh, is, is a tough thing. So um, we work with uh, organizations and individuals to, uh, to, to be more uh, risk-oriented. Uh, uh, Well, you know what, Andrew, we're going to come right back. This is Leadership Development News. We're speaking to Andrew Peck, who's just written a book called Stimulated Habits to Spark the Creative Genius at Work. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Homeowners, real estate investors, bankers, listen up and tune in to Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight, the show that breaks it all down and gives it to you straight. Are you at risk of foreclosure? Interested in buying a foreclosed property? Mark Bull has the answers to the questions you might forget to ask. Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight broadcast live on the Voice America Business Channel Monday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific. You can't afford not to tune in. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Andrew Peck. And uh, we were just talking about some of the challenges that leaders have. And now we want to talk a little bit about your new book with co-author Janine McLeod, Stimulated Habits to Spark Your Creative Genius. And uh, it's a book that focuses on success habits of innovative people. Maybe tell us about you know, this book and how you get the idea for that and what's, what's in it. Sure. What inspired uh, us to write this book is uh, somewhat oversimplifying it, but we saw two types of uh, individuals. Uh, those who are kind of stuck in a rut, stale, and you know, not able to produce fresh ideas, or even themselves weren't feeling very fresh with the work that they uh, perform on a day-to-day basis. And, and then on the opposite side of the ledger, we saw people who were really invigorated, really passionate, very excited about the nature of the work, and consequently able to stimulate fresh new perspectives that would benefit them and the organization. Uh, 
So uh, Janine and I really became very curious about, well, what was it about those people, almost annoyingly so to the ones who weren't, uh, that made them so stimulated and alive with coming up with creative solutions for their organization. And so we spent uh, a lot of uh, time researching, interviewing, observing, and working side-by-side with a variety of individuals ranging from uh, uh, people in uh, teaching professions, entertainment, to CEOs and and other kinds of uh, professionals in a, a variety of disciplines. And as a result of that, emerged a set of um, habits and characteristics that these individuals would demonstrate on a repeated basis that enabled them to feel stimulated and produce creative solutions for themselves and for others. Andrew, you know, we um, have listeners that call into the show and ask questions, and we have kind of a list of scenarios that we'd like to pass by you with the time that we have left um, to uh, help our listeners understand how they might be able to use some of the tools and techniques in stimulated habits to spark the creative genius at work. So uh, let me give you the first one, okay? You bet. Let's say... um, you get 200 emails a day. All right, your phone is constantly ringing, and you're just stressed out. How is it possible to still be creative when you are so overwhelmed? Yeah, I mean, I almost had that experience uh, coming to the airport today, knowing that I had a, uh, a radio interview to do. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, i got to get there on time. I want to make a good impression. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's just natural to feel tense, uh, of course, when you're so overwhelmed with so many things to do. The first thing to do, and I think our parents did teach us this, is just to take a deep breath. You know, uh, it, just like any high-performing athlete, the more that you are relaxed, the more likely you're going to be in a state of flow and perform better. So rather than uh, getting yourself tense and thinking, oh, my gosh, I've got to go through everything, just take a deep breath. That's, that's the first thing to do. Secondly, have some fun with it. And, you know, maybe there are some days you can just kind of relax and say, you know what, I am just, for, for kicks, I'm going to just take all the emails uh, that start with the letter A. Or maybe I'm just going to take the ones that I know I have to attend to now. Um, because creativity is less about time, it's more about energy. So the more that you can manage your energy in a positive state, the more likely you're going to be able to be creative at handling some of the seemingly mundane tasks that you face on a day-to-day basis. So getting in a relaxed state, being playful uh, is a really important uh, approach to handling what we uh, experience on a day-to-day basis. I think that's uh, very helpful. You know, one of the things that both Kathy and I are interested in is the brain and neuroscience, and I think mm. when the, uh, I'm sure you are too, right? most folks are, when you get so overwhelmed, we know there's a part of the brain that's activated that's, that's emotional, and it may not let you think, um, you know, rationally about parts so just your, your feedback about deep breathing, relaxing, um, is that part of the training that you do? I mean, do you kind of help get people um, more relaxed? Is that a part before the mm-hmm. steps of being creative? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we have a thing that we call energizers. As I said earlier, creativity is about energy. And so rather than, for example, if we're doing a, a seminar on, on our habits, you know, people do get, even with as creative subject as, as creativity, um, get taxed. So we'll have an energizer, and instead of maybe uh, offering a coffee break, we'll suggest something that will get them into a playful state. And it could be just some deep breathing 
or it could be some fun game or activity. One of the things that we often like to do is uh, what we call pop rock, which is simply we'll have a group of 15 people, for example, working very hard, and we say, all right, let's do an energizer, and we'll put bubble wrap on the fl- on, on the floor, mm. uh, and uh, you know, and then we'll turn up some nice uh, energetic music, and uh, when the music comes on, everybody's task is to just pop every bubble. I mean, who doesn't like to you know pop that bubble wrap? <laughs> it's just a really fun, playful way. It gets people stimulated, gets them to start to get their blood uh, flowing back again into their brains, and they're ready to to go on to their next task. So simple things like that in a playful way gets people loose and keeps their energy at a uh, high state. Okay, Andrew, can you give us an example of how you've helped a company or its employees out of a difficult situation? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, most of these organizations these days, at one time or another, again, however successful they've been, you know, find themselves kind of stuck. Um, we, uh, uh, one of the companies that we worked with in the consumer healthcare industry, um, the, it, the industry itself was growing at about 2 and 3% on, on an annual basis. They aspire to do better than a double their growth. Uh, as a matter of fact, go to double-digit growth in order to achieve their ultimate mission of becoming the number one consumer healthcare company. But they weren't coming up with good ideas. Uh, they were coming up with the same ideas. So one of the uh, first things that we did that we refer to as scouting, the habit of uh, innovators, is to encourage them to go out into the world and observe people in action. Kathy, I know that your background, you've done a lot uh, a study of uh, you know, more anthropological perspectives. Well, that's what we encourage people to do. Uh, it's another way of saying people watching or just observing people in their everyday habits in order to spark fresh perspectives. So, for example, we took a, a skincare team and we took them into Manhattan and uh, their t- assignment was to just study people in the way in which they took care of their skin uh, and other beauty needs, and, uh, and we encouraged them to go to different places. One group ended up going to a tattoo parlor, for example, and came wow. up with some, yeah, some beautiful insights. You'd never think you'd go there to, to do that, but what they found is actually people who get tattoos are pretty fastidious about how they take care of their skin because of uh, the extreme uh, nature of it. So just encouraging people to get out of their usual routine and, and uh, place help to encourage that kind of freshness in their minds. You know, um, one of the, the things you mentioned was about getting unstuck. And I'm just wondering, you know, and that may be tying into kind of the, the hard wiring of the brain. Maybe could you explain kind of how you would define getting unstuck? Yeah, getting unstuck is, you know, I mean, we're, our brain is, as you uh, well know, both of you, is a wonderful classification system that helps us to organize a lot of information and helps us to make decisions. You know, and thank God for it because, you know, I don't know if I, I could get up in the morning and get, you know, perform my tasks very successfully without that capability. Um, but, but what happens is we get uh, into these habits that uh, over time produces some fatigue or staleness uh, that depletes us. So one of the things that we always recommend is when you are noticing that to become more self-aware is to then start to shake it up, change the routine in order to stimulate other uh, possibilities. So it may be just as simple as drive to work a different way or pick up a new magazine that you've never seen before or, uh, or put on a funky tie just to put you in a you know, playful mood. 
you know, just even subtle changes like that start to uh, shift your energy and start to encourage you to think differently. It's amazing. As I'm listening to you, um, it, it's, uh, it's really not in our natural tendency as business people to think of being funny or lighthearted or impractical in the workplace. It's almost as though we're, hmm. we're squandering somebody's money by doing that. But the reality is, as we know from the science of happiness and the use of emotional intelligence at work, that, in fact, when we do some of the things that you're talking about, we are better at what we do. Can you talk a little bit about some of the habits? I believe you have five habits that are outlined in your book, Stimulated. Can you talk a little bit about those? You bet. Uh, there were five habits that we identified in our research. Uh, the, uh, I'll go through them real quickly and then and dive into detail as, as much as we'd like. But the first is scouting, and I talked a little bit about mm-hmm. that, and that's going out and observing, uh, absorbing. You know, It's not just watching and, and, and uh, reading, but it's also kind of immersing yourself in the experience, being in the moment. When you are able to contextualize things and really absorb yourself into the experience, you're more likely to really fully understand and appreciate what is it that you're a part of or observing. So scouting is going out and, and uh, collecting those observations and clues that might help spark uh, your creative side. The other is cultivating, which is putting yourself in the right physical spaces as well as metaphysical spaces in order to be creative. That may be, uh, again, simply through induced through maybe music, maybe changing the way your office looks or your, your, your cubicle or your environment in order to stimulate your senses. You know, if you, uh, if you can't get to the beach or, or take a walk in, par- in the park, maybe you have this beautiful poster that uh, symbolizes that so that as you're feeling stale and stuck, you just kind of let your mind wander. So just some simple tools like that can help you do that. Or uh, maybe you put on a pair of sneakers and, and take a walk around the building just to refresh yourself. So cultivating is an important aspect. The other, and we uh, kind of uh, talked a little bit about that, is play. Work, as you said, Kathy, you know, we have a tendency to be very practical, very serious. I mean, I can't tell you the number of boardrooms that we've been in where the portraits on the wall were uh, more lively than the people in them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, to, to get people to just kind of let their hair down a little bit, is not talking about necessary crazy-tivity or being silly just for the sake of being silly, but it's getting people a little bit in a more relaxed state of mind. I mean, they say you can learn more about uh, a person in one-hour play than a year of conversation, I think, really holds true. So just putting, injecting a little fun into the work environment really helps. And then the last two are venturing and harvesting. Venturing is about taking the risk, making the leap. How many of us have one time or another come up with a million-dollar idea, might have come into the shower or on our way to work, but we just said to ourselves, that's never going to work, or no one, no one you know, really liked that. Um, so you don't take the risk. So venturing is really key. And, and you then, know what, Andrew? We're going to just pause on that for yeah, one second. Bet. We're going to uh, come right back after this break, and we are listening with you to Andrew Peck on Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Adding fractions is nothing. For real? Look, these are denominators. You multiply this one so that it's the same as that, then you add them up. Man, that's easy. Charles Bennett dreamed of returning to the old neighborhood as a teacher, but without money for college, only half of his dream came true. He's back in the old neighborhood. Well, enough math. I got to deliver these sandwiches. Please support the United Negro College Fund. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. A message from the UNCF and the Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Andrew Peck who just uh, finished a book called Stimulated Habits to Spark Your Creative Genius, which he is giving us some of these tips now. And we just he went through four of the five habits that you talk about in the book, scouting, cultivating, play, and venturing. And so, Andrew, why don't you tell us about the fifth one? Yeah, the fifth one is harvesting, or what we call making it real. We're, uh, individuals and organizations are intent on producing stimulating and creative results it's not just good to have that thought or that spark, but to actually produce something that is of value. And, and one of the ways, like harvesting suggests, is to celebrate however small or however grand the innovation or creation is, is to in, you know, reward it, recognize it. And because when you do that, then it just reinforces that habit of wanting to create some more. We're all born to grow, and, and we're all born to create, so... Why not reward it? So like the harvesting word suggests, we should encourage rituals to um, reward ourselves so that as we produce good results, creative results, uh, we want to do it some more. You know, as you're talking, Andrew, I was just thinking, you know, many people um, are paid to come up with fresh new ideas. They work for great design companies and marketing companies, Mm. but... Whether it's at work or you're the head of your mommy's group or um, some kind of an association or community group and, and you're, you're putting together perhaps a fundraiser or a charity event, are there any um, kind of easy places that you can think of that our listeners might draw inspiration from? Well, that's right. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're you know uh, head of a mommy's group or you're the CEO and some of them and other people in, in 
want to be stimulated and, and be creative, um, just how you express that may vary from one person to the next. Easy ways to to do that, of course, is as we suggest in some of the habits, is getting yourself out of a routine and going to a different place. Why not, instead of your next meeting in the, the uh, stuffy old conference room, you go to a Starbucks or a cafe where you can kind of catch the vibe, you know, and uh, pick up some of the energy. It's a more intimate, uh, energetic kind of environment. Or maybe, uh, as we've done sometimes when we do seminars, we take groups out for uh, a show. Um, uh, we took a group out just recently to the production Stomp, and it was just perfect because, you know, if you've ever seen that performance all about ordinary objects and turning them into music and rhythm, well, it was just a perfect illustration of how creativity works. So getting people into maybe an entertaining kind of space helps them kind of um, stimulate their creative side. Um, or it's as simple as just maybe the next time you have a meeting, bring in some toys, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, that uh, some squishy balls or etch-a-sketches or, or post-its just so that people are interacting with their own total mind and their total body in a way that makes their day more productive and more fun. So um, that's are great things, uh, Andrew, that I, you're giving us permission, in a sense, to be creative and find that spark. And so some people who may need to actually give the permission are are people who are in uh, higher up in the organizations. And as organizations look at the bottom line purpose for innovation, creativity, getting unstuck, um, they may need the rationale. So how does how do some of these uh, techniques and things you're telling us about getting stimulated help the bottom line? Yeah, well, well said, really. I mean, you know, when sometimes we suggest some of the activities, even if it's as simple as doing what we call walkabout where you go and observe people, People look at you like, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you want us to do what? What's the value of that? Well, being stimulated helps leaders and teams spark fresh new ideas that often lead to new products or new customer experiences or new technologies. For example, one of the stories we like to talk about it's, uh, in the book that we elaborate on is um, uh, Nike and how Nike was created. Bill Bowerman, if you remember who he was, but Bill Bowerman was a... Um, legendary track and field coach who um, conditioned and helped uh, many athletes become uh, Olympic athletes. And he was obsessed about, you know, helping athletes perform better. And he was looking for all ways to uh, manipulate that, so to speak, and either through exercise or diet. And then eventually he migrated into talking about uh, apparel, specifically shoes. So the story goes, is this was his challenge. This was his innovative challenge and he thought about it, and he put himself into different places and spaces on a regular basis to hoping to spark an idea. Well, one day, uh, seemingly random, his wife was making waffles. And as she made waffles, he had his spark moment. And he realized that, wow, what if I were to make a shoe with a sole of the shoe in the shape and texture of a waffle in order to prove the traction of the tennis shoe? And so he literally then took rubber and put it in his wife's waffle iron. You can imagine that conversation. Um, and, <laughs> and how and, that smelled. Yeah, and then how that smelled. But he experimented with it until he perfected the design and then teamed up with Phil Knight, and the rest is history. Hmm. So we like to say every organization, every individual is one spark away from greatness. So producing and stimulating sparks helps you put you closer to that great achievement. So you're talking about uh, 
spark moments, and maybe just for our audience, um, maybe just describe what is, what is a spark moment. Sometimes we may have had them and didn't know we had them, and other times we may have had them and didn't act on them. Well, that's right. A spark moment for us is sometimes referred to as an aha, but it's that uh, combination of that idea that seems to surge up uh, ahead of all other ideas and thoughts that you may have at a current time, seemingly random, um, unexpectedly so, and you get this tingly sensation that says, oh, wow, that's a great idea. I need to act upon it, or I need to explore that more, or i got to work that more. And it may happen again in, in, in the most unlikely places. You know, you, you hope to be, it's not like, all right, let's call out everyone into the creative room and let's just be creative for the, uh, for the next hour. Um, it sometimes comes in a, a, a more random kind of basis like it did for Bill Barman. But if you put yourself in a perpetual state, condition yourself to expose yourself to new stimulus, there are more likely sparks to occur. Um, one of our, our favorite ways sometimes to encourage people to encourage sparks uh, is just maybe take a nap, yeah, you know, which is somewhat taboo when you think about it in organizations today. But if you take maybe 15 minutes of meditation or 15 minutes of a little power snooze, you're more likely to put your mind into that nice, precious alpha state that mm. enables you to think more creatively and generate some sparks. So tapping into that subconscious is key. Andrew, you've uh, written this book with co-author um, Janine McLeod. Uh, does uh, Janine also work in the same area of interest that you do? Yes, she does. Uh, she and I are co-creators of Novus, as was said earlier, and she and I uh, do seminars and consulting projects throughout the world, helping organizations uh, stimulate breakthrough results on an individual basis as well as an organizational basis. Well, I have a little question for you that may not necessarily be on track with what you're thinking, but I know that diversity is a huge enabler for creativity and innovation. Do you think that the sex differences in the style that the two of you work to also contribute to being what you call stimulated habits to spark your creative genius at work? Yeah, you know, I had to laugh because, you know, with a, with a title like Stimulated, you know, what you do has to be stimulating. Um, it's kind of a, a, a funny expression, but absolutely, uh, Janine and I are very intentional. You know, a male-female dynamic, her experiences, my experiences, while similar, do differ. I mean, um, you think of evolution, you know, where it, it's so predicated on variation. And so both Janine and I bring variety and really like to perpetuate diversity. We have other members on our team as well, different backgrounds from artists to graphic designers to, you know, OD consultants. Bring that kind of diversity. That is really key. So great question. I think, uh, Andrew, I was happy to hear you say, uh, as I was thinking about your five uh, steps or stages, and I was wondering, I didn't see in there, but then you spoke about it, was just this idea of reflection because a lot of times when I talk about creativity and talk about when people are most creative, it typically isn't when they're with other people. And so maybe you can speak a little bit more about um, you know, some tips and techniques for people you mentioned about taking a nap or meditating, but it's kind of that, I think, when the mind can wander because almost all day long our mind is dealing with a stimuli, and I think when you can let those stimuli settle down, um, doesn't that allow some of that creative spark to happen 
when you're not getting so bombarded with more information. Sure, and that's right. That's a good point. I mean, you could be, uh, in theory, overstimulated because all it is, it becomes translated into noise, uh-huh. and you're unable to concentrate. So, um, so we, we, we're careful to say that, you know, it's not just uh, great loud music that's going to stimulate you. Uh, maybe what you need is just quiet space and contemplation. Or maybe it's uh, calling a colleague uh, who you haven't connected with to help you sort of concentrate and work through a particular problem. But um, you know, it's it's really important. It's really important to um, do that reflective kind of work that you suggest in order to uh, cultivate the of time. Okay. Well, thank you for that. We're going to go to our our last break, and this is leadership development news, and we'll be right back. Bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Dad, let's sing that bedtime song. Rockabye baby by Newton's treetop His first law of motion Make sure you won't stop The same rules of physics Apply to a ball While gravity is a force That makes things fall By the sixth grade, many girls lose interest In math and science, but it's never too early To set your daughter's future in motion For some simple ideas, go to girlsgotech.org A public service announcement brought to you By Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News with Dr. Relly Nadler. I'm Kathy Greenberg, and we're here talking to author and consultant Andrew Peck about his new book, Stimulated Habits to Spark Your Creative Genius at Work with Janine McLeod. Andrew, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the things that people are, are consistently dealing with in today's very high-pressured work world. I know we've talked uh, a little bit about the five habits that people can engage in, and of course you know Raleigh and I are all about emotional intelligence and happiness. Mm. We also know that the brain cannot function using the same synapses for appreciation and fear at the same time. When I think of dealing with stress, you typically don't think about being creative at the same time because, of course, 
you can't feel good about being stressed. How, mm-hmm. how can a stressed out employee get beyond the anxiety and get to work and get it done and feel good about what they've done using the techniques and stimulated? Yeah, good point. I mean, uh, we have a, a saying that we're very fond of uh, quoting. I think it was Wayne Dyer who said, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. So part of when you are stressed or you're challenged is rather than looking at it as um, you know, a problem to be solved, look at it as a miracle to be embraced you know, just by changing your perspective. That's why making changes to your routine will help kind of catalyze that, get you in that right state of mind. Because if we feed the stress, if we feed the suffering, so to speak, all we're going to do is perpetuate and attract more stress and suffering. So if we see the stress as maybe something that might be an opportunity, it then helps us to start to be more creative. Um, and, and, and as uh, Riley talked about earlier, sometimes you might have to kind of work that through your own habits and your own patterns. That's really key. Or maybe it's relying upon others who have faced maybe similar challenges to help you along. So that if you're feeling stuck, maybe the best thing to do is kind of like uh, your, your helpline or uh, phone line you know, call a friend or call a colleague and say, hey, I'm working on something that I feel really stressed out about. Can you help me out and brainstorm with me? You know, uh, Andrew, this is very helpful. We've got a couple other kind of key questions we want to ask in this little bit of time we have just specifically. So like most people, they, may, they probably have a list a mile long of projects and work to get done in a day. What's the best way to effectively manage their time and get those things done? Well, as we said earlier, it's it's less about time; it's more about energy. I mean, I don't know if anybody has twenty four hour twenty five hours in a day. If they do, let let me know. But uh, you know, it's it's how you manage your energy, you know, both physical and metaphysical energy, on a daily basis that helps you uh, tackle you know all the wonderful, uh, exciting, and sometimes very stressful challenges that life throws at you. So. Um, you know, simple, you know, what we call RED, you know, rest, exercise, and diet, you know, is it just a simple methodology? Well, how do you get relaxed and rest? Um, how do you exercise? Not just physically we're talking about, but your mind. You know, uh, my sister uh, always, a uh, way to exercise her creative mind, like to do crossword puzzles. That's what, one of the things she would do on flights or at lunch or at, in the morning or at the evening, just to kind of... Uh, shake things up, but really keep your mind, um, you know, working and being supple. And and then diet. It's like, who do you spend, you know, not just food, but who do you spend time with? You know, if you, if you, if you have a, a regular diet of hanging out with people who kind of deplete you, mm-hmm. then guess what? You're going to feel depleted. So hang out with people who are going to really um, bring you energy. You know, one of the things, Kathy, and I know you know this as far as it, before our next question, and you just reminded me, Andrew, of, uh, hearing someplace, you are uh, a culmination of the five people that you spend the most time with. Mm. So, kind of dealing with just what you're saying, are, of those five people, you know, are, are one or two shouldn't be in your diet because they're depleting your energy. Right. Now, that explains why I run so much because I have a Hungarian Vizsla that uh, is a runner. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, you know, as I'm listening to you and, and, and really just talking about, 
you know, the idea of spending time with people that suck your energy. I mean, we all know there are energy vampires in our lives that we need to uh, counterbalance. But but aren't there um, some personal practices and personality differences that also come into play around creativity? For example, you said some people get their creative spark by meditation and listening to music and doing things that are singular within themselves. But there are other people that are very extroverted and who get energy from being around people, whether they're positive or negative. It's just the the um, application of that energy in a group, the relationship aspect of it that stimulates spark. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, absolutely. Uh, and that's what we don't want to suggest is there's a one-size-fits-all because each of us, creates and have different expressions, and the impressions we create are different. So uh, that's where people sometimes feel like, oh, gosh, I'm not creative because I, I could never be like Picasso. Well, Picasso, one of the things that he would do, he would take naps throughout the day and have dinner at 10 o'clock at night, which is typical for Spaniards uh, living in Spain, uh, and then he would start to do his most creative work. Well, that worked for him, but it wouldn't necessarily work uh, for others. I know that my mornings are my most productive time. So part of the step in your creative journey is to first become self-aware of those stimuli that stimulate you most. And, and then under what occasions do they, you know. So it could be music at a certain time of day involving a certain type of task. Or maybe it might be teetotal silence. Um, where you have nothing to distract you in order to allow your mind to wander. But the best time to do that is in the evening before you go to bed or maybe the afternoon. Well, one of the things you also said, which I found extremely stimulating, is the idea that cultivating, which is one of your habits, requires not only physical, which you were just talking about, but the metaphysical. And a lot of people are afraid to talk about the intuitive side of themselves, the feeling part of themselves, because often they're taught in the workplace to ignore logic and rationale, excuse me, to ignore intuition in favor of logic and rationale. And I think one of the things that I heard in your message is that cultivating, sparking, and being stimulated um, that creates uh, the, the inspiration for creativity is being in touch with the intuitive, the metaphysical, and the fact that not everything is, in fact, physical. Well, that's right, and Kathy, in having uh, the privilege of working with you in the past, uh, you helped to validate, I know, that in, in, in me as well to, so that you get in a state of flow to encourage that intuitive side to express that in ways that uh, are authentic to who I am and, uh, and providing the conditions in order to sort of maximize that. So the, I absolutely agree with you. That's so important. Unfortunately, um, individuals and organizations don't always sort of tap into it. You know, Andrew, we, we just have a couple minutes left, but I'm wondering, uh, uh, is there a creative muse in, in your life, and uh, what, who or what do you look towards for your own inspiration, you know, when you're feeling dull, you're feeling unoriginal? Yeah, good question, really. Uh, I love artwork. I, I like to go to art museums uh, often, especially when I'm traveling. I like to just uh, you know, see art, um, and not necessarily just going to a museum, but anything that uh, will stimulate me. Travel is also mm. it's a good thing that I like to, to write books and be a consultant because it requires you to travel. Um, but getting into different places, maybe not learning, you know, not knowing the language. I love music of all kind. Um, and then people of all kinds who, and this is key, bring positive energy into the universe. 
I just sort of thrive on people who have that same sort of zest and stimulated kind of outlook in life. Uh, it really kind of energizes me. It's funny listening to Andrew after all these years of, of not having talked with one another. We, we've uh, been separated by space and time for quite, quite a while since both of us left Accenture. But um, I know you can reach Andrew at www.novisinc.com. That's N-O-V-E-S-I-N-C.com. And as you were talking, Andrew, um, working with you and many um, global companies as we did uh, during our years at Accenture, you were often a wonderful spark for many of our client environments just because of the pure energy, passion, dedication, and actual sheer joy of helping them do something better. So um, I know that's a part of who you are. Um, so it's not just observing and absorbing. That is actually a part of what you are and what you bring um, to a company. And, and I just wanted our listeners to hear that. Um, it's hard to get it through just your voice, but your presence is, is just magnificent. Well, thank you very much, Kathy. And I, I, it's great uh, reconnecting and getting to know really you as well. I, I just love talking about this because it is uh, stimulating to me. So I, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to participate and help you all out. Well, that's great. We, we, we have loved having you. This, is, this has been uh, very enlightening. And before we end, is there any new projects in the work for you, you know, now that the book is out? Sure. Uh, now that the book is out, we're working on a video. Uh, to help kind of animate it, uh, some of the people and other people who, uh, as a result of this work, we've had a chance to work with, um, we're having them tell their story and, and uh, talk wow. about these habits so that it really brings it to life. Wow, that sounds great. Well, that, yeah. That's a great way for people to hear it. Well, um, Kathy, I think we're, we're winding down here. And uh, I wanted to thank you, Andrew, for being on the show and for telling us about your new book, Stimulated Habits to Spark Your Creative Genius at Work. Kathy, anything you want to say in closing? Well, I'd just like to say that I am extremely honored to have had you on the show, given the fact that you're on a very high-energy book tour around the nation. I hope things go well for you with this new publication, and uh, I know that uh, you and Janine will be very successful. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. This has been Leadership Development News, uh, signing off for now, and, and good luck. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.